You're listening to the Quince podcast. From a standoff at the LEC, the geopolitical conflict between India and China has found a new turf, technology. While Chinese troops continue to camp in the Galvan Valley, the Indian government announced a ban on 59 Chinese-owned apps including the hugely popular TikTok, UC browser WeChat and CamScanner. The reason for safety, security, defense, sovereignty and integrity of India and to protect data and privacy of the people of India. At least that's what Union Minister Ravi Shankar Prasad said in his tweet, but at a time when the boycott China pitch has been getting heightened, Even though the statement itself doesn't name China, this move is widely being interpreted as a response to the standoff along the LEC. Some reports are calling it India's digital airstrike, but what is the impact of this move? Is it a security move or a political one? Are there violations of legal procedures in this order? You're listening to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorbury. Over the last few weeks since the death of Indian soldiers at the LEC clashes, trader bodies and common citizens have been raging with a call to boycott Chinese products. While banning Chinese products seem to be a fairly difficult task, banning Chinese apps could be seen as a move that could serve a strong statement without affecting the Indian app market. Even though the apps themselves have a very limited impact on Indian businesses, India has been the biggest market for some of the Chinese-owned social media platforms like TikTok, which in the first quarter of 2020 hit 2 billion downloads with India leading the charts with 30.3% of those downloads. But as I mentioned earlier, the government statement doesn't mention China at all. On 29th June, the government invoked section 69A of the Information Technology Act of 2008 which empowers the government to issue directions for blocking for public access of any information through any computer resource in the interest of the sovereignty integrity and defense of india and the security of the state and justifying the move the statement said that the it ministry had quote received many complaints from various sources including several reports about the misuse of some mobile apps available on android and ios platforms for stealing and surreptitiously transmitting users data in an unauthorized manner to servers which have locations outside india end quote so what message is the government trying to send to china with this ban blaise fernandez who's the director of gateway house a foreign policy think tank based in mumbai believes that it's the first time that india has taken an aggressive position in the current standoff he says that india is a very important market for investors given its huge digital user base of 450 million which is only expected to rise with further internet penetration uh, the news is very big because it's the first time the government of india has kind of gone with a very aggressive position in the current standoff India and China. Uh, was it expected? I think a few of us were expecting such a move because, at the end of the day, we've actually hit their Achilles' heel, and I'll explain to you why. Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, what is called the bad companies, globally have north of thousand billion dollars worth valuation. a lot of these valuations are based on these unicorns or these apps that are present 
and operating in, in around the globe. India is a very important market. Even in COVID, the India digital story has stood and has been strong based on the investments that we've seen coming in on the geo platform and number of other platforms. And I think every investor in the world will be looking at any app from an India point of view also. So if you're not present in India, it affects your global standing. It affects your global valuations. Right now, we've got a user base of 450 million who are in the age groups of 15 to 32, you know, potential demographic dividend, as they call it. By 2025, with internet penetration and cheap data and smartphone penetration, this will be an 850 million ecosystem. So for any investor in the world, if you're not present in India, the investor is going to ask you, why are you not present in India and how is it going to impact your earnings? I like to also kind of add to this. We've used Section uh, 69A of the IT Act 2000, but even WTO has enough of provision. So this is not an unilateral decision. This is a global decision. WTO has enough of provisions in their laws and bylaws and their charter that if there is border aggression, a country is free to kind of uh, take, take all measures and precautions to secure itself. So, you know, it's not only from an India point of view, it's also from a WTO point of view. Globally, this is an accepted norm. Mr. Fernandez also says that the ban was a calibrated move in a sense that the ban list consists of only vanity apps and certain service apps which have alternatives and not the ones whose ban would affect livelihoods in the country. To start with, they've kept the economic activity apps out of the mix. So any app which originates from China has heavy Chinese investments, be it Baiju, be it Big Basket, be it Ola, okay? They've not touched those apps. And that's a good decision because common man gets affected, economic activity gets affected, and livelihoods get affected. What they focused on is the three different types of apps which I classify and Gateway has classified as vanity apps. If TikTok is not present on your smartphone, it's not going to affect your livelihood. It may affect the livelihood of a few TikTok ambassadors, but TikTok's payments out of India and revenues out of India was 25 crores. So that's the economic impact uh, that, you know, this is the TikTok figures. They've also kind of got into the services app. So share it. If share it is not available on the app store, there are many alternatives to, uh, you know, there are many alternatives to share it. So they've taken a calibrated decision. And lastly, they've looked at the strategic apps. For example, UC Browser is a very popular app. UC Browser's maps of India also look very different from Indian maps because these are it's a Chinese search engine. And it is there is enough of evidence to prove that it's been misused to push Chinese propaganda. Even in the border skirmishes that took place last week, what UC Browser was talking about was a Chinese story and there was no Indian story. So these are the strategic apps, and I think the government has done well to ensure this. What are the financial implications? As I said in my opening comments, this is an important market. Valuations for these companies are also based. India may not be a big revenue earner today, but the potential to earn revenues five, six, ten years from now is large. That's why you have Facebook. That's why you have you know, a number of global companies, not only US companies, but the Saudi Arabian funds investing in the digital story in India. You've got the UAE funds, you've got a lot of the global funds investing. 
So I think the impact of the India digital story on these Chinese apps will be felt worldwide. Historically, in India, we've seen the boycott of foreign products to put across a political message. India's national movement in the colonial era for one was full of movements boycotting British goods. A day before the move was announced, as PM Modi said that India has, quote-unquote, given a befitting response to those who cast an evil eye on Ladakh in his radio show Man Ki Baat, he also made a strong push for vocal for local. So can the boycott of Chinese apps be seen as another example of promoting homegrown products over foreign ones? Nikhil Pava, a digital rights activist and founder of Medianama, says that opposition to foreign technology giants has been an ongoing phenomenon. So, so look, uh, Atman Nibhar Bharat and the Swadeshi move, uh, movement have always been a part of India's rhetoric because it doesn't want to be too dependent uh, on, on other countries globally. Right? So India has, was always anti-globalization to begin with, um, and it wanted to remain in uh, you know, it, we had a more controlled economy because they didn't want to have the dependence. Um, of course, our financial issues forced us to open up. Uh, but you know, ever since then, ever since liberalization, as much as, as India has, uh, has grown, the economy has grown, and we've, we've, and our generation has actually benefited from that globalization and the liberalization of the Indian economy, there is there has always been a counter force uh, towards Swadeshi and we've seen more of a push for that ever since uh, the BJP government came into power uh, in 2014. And look, they've had a fantastic focus on technology. Technology has been at the core of many things that they have done. Uh, the Digital India slogan, the Startup India slogan, it's been a strong push from them uh, uh, for a digital economy. And we now have the second largest internet users in the world. Uh, but at the same time, I think there have been growing concerns uh, regarding, um, you know, dependence on foreign uh, companies, allowing of foreign businesses to come in and establish themselves in, in large spaces. Um, none more um, than, for example, e-commerce. Um, so, you know, uh, whether it is the Swadeshi Jagran Manch and, you know, the, the CAIT holding dharnas when Jeff Bezos visiting India, or it is uh, Indian founders uh, like Vijay Shekhar Sharma uh, talking against digital colonization. Uh, Mukesh Ambani did that too. Uh, Nandan Delikini during the net neutrality campaign also made that argument against Facebook. So you're seeing that pushback uh, and... You know, it, it's kind of ironic, um, in particular, that that Paytm has made this argument, given that pay, that uh, a majority of 197 communications, which is Paytm's parent company, is owned by a Chinese company. So the fact that there is a pushback against Chinese apps, and there are also lists circulating um, that mention Paytm in that list, uh, you know, it's basically karma. When you play that geopolitical game as a company, when you start pushing back against others, uh, and uh, against other countries and their businesses for your own, for the benefit of your company, um, even though that itself is uh, is funded uh, by by Chinese companies, it's going to come back at you, and that's exactly what's happening. Now, a day after the ban, China also reacted to this move. The Chinese government said that India has the responsibility to uphold the rights of Chinese businesses. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Zhao Lijian also said that, quote-unquote, China is strongly concerned. 
But since many Chinese apps have been suspected of harvesting the data of users and feed to Chinese intelligence agencies, this move by the Indian government doesn't exactly come as a surprise at this point, especially since the recently inaugurated Indian Cybercrime Coordination Center had sent a recommendation for blocking 52 of these malicious apps. And speaking from a security perspective, Power says that it's also necessary for Chinese hardware to be made to go through a certification process to ensure that Indian data doesn't go to Chinese servers. From a safety and security perspective, it's important that uh, at least the hardware uh, be uh, go through a certain certification process, be tested for where the data from that hardware is going, um, so as so, so, so to ensure that you know, there isn't data that's being sent to Chinese servers. Uh, and uh, in that sense, I think there needs to be regular checks that are done by the government to ensure that this doesn't happen. Um, but that doesn't just uh, extend itself to hardware and apps. I mean, if you look at news, for example, if you look at uh, some Alexa or similar web, you'll see that you see news, which is uh, the news site for, for, the, for, uh, for UC browser does very well in India. Now, there was a couple of years ago a concern that was raised in the government about how uh, during, um, uh, the, during the Doklam standoff, um, you know, uh, news on UC News was being suppressed uh, in order to depict a different picture. Um, but I don't know whether that is true, uh, but that was a concern that was raised, and I think we have to be careful about what we see as strategic uh, and what we don't. So, for example, um, checking of hardware is important. Uh, monitoring whether Chinese apps and services are manipulating um, news and updates um, or not, um, ensuring that there is a certain level of independence um, that, that is there in investments by China and India. Uh, or for that matter, in any country, from any country, any company in India, those, those sort of decisions where it doesn't cripple India's infrastructure, cripple India's economy, that's extremely important. But beyond rhetorics and security, legal and cyber policy analysts are concerned about the violation of legal procedures in this move. By the sheer number of users in India that this move affects, this ban constitutes as one of the largest acts of web censorship in the country. And Apar Gupta, the executive director at Internet Freedom Foundation, points out that while such a move can be taken in emergency conditions, the government would still need to provide a fair hearing. Today, what we have before us are only the press release and the statements within it with the appendix of these 59 web services and applications. But the actual text of the legal order under which they have been prohibited and blocked it has not yet been made available to the public. Hence, the first ask to the government is for disclosure of this order, given that this is a singular act of web censorship which has impacted more people in India than any before. It is clearly unprecedented just in terms of the number of people who will be impacted by it. And there's a legitimate right for the public to know why access to these websites has been blocked by the government. The second is that the nature of the power under Section 69 and the Information Technology Act is with respect to individualized blocking. 
So when you block a particular web application or a service, you need to first uh, tell that what is the reason why it has been blocked. But the press release merely bunches all of them together in a singular appendix and notes that they are a threat to India, they are a threat to individuals who are utilizing these apps, whether setting out these reasons. This sets a very worrying precedent because it's not only about Chinese apps today, but it's about the operation of a law, which if permitted to be done in such a vague and unsubstantiated manner can be done against others as well in future. Finally, we should also consider while there is legitimacy in the government view with regard to the privacy, data security, as well as the larger geopolitical interests which are so stated. However, all of this will largely depend on evidence, on objective assessments which need to be done through a regulatory body. India still does not have a data protection law and until we have one, these kind of objective assessments if done at the ministerial level as well need to be done in a manner which are having certain processes which we just talked about for instance having a show cause notice, giving a no uh, then having a hearing and then publish, uh, publishing a public order. On 30th June, TikTok put out a statement saying that they will be meeting the Indian government to submit the clarifications and until then, they'll be complying by the interim ban. And I'm also going to read out a few lines from this statement. Quote, We have been invited to meet with concerned government stakeholders for an opportunity to respond and submit clarifications. TikTok continues to comply with all data privacy and security requirements under Indian law and has not shared any information of her users in India with any foreign government, including the Chinese government. End quote. Social networking app Hello, which is also one of the banned ones, has also requested an audience for the government officials. So can this ban be overturned in any way or is it permanent? We'll have to wait and find out. But until then, TikTok content creators are looking to shift their followers to other platforms. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts.